Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hey, what's up? Welcome to a brand new episode of the RSL Show with the OGs. This is the OG Podcast. Just Josh and Andy. Nothing special. Andy Munoz, your host, and Joshua Clark, also a host. Josh, how you doing, dude? Dude, you know, just uh, living life, trying to not be too upset about last night. You know, here we are. Yeah, I think you sound like every Real Salt Lake fan ever. It's... It's a lot of uh, people on Twitter that are like, I, I, now I don't want to be pissed. I don't want to say awful things, but like, what's going on? And right. I think uh, I think we all fall into that sentiment. So, uh, our social listeners, welcome back. Uh, let's give a little round of applause to the intern host who is not with us today. He took the night off to go watch Spider Man. Um, he is also twenty two years old, but uh, he had he hit his one year marker with us, Josh. And I that's think that crazy. deserves a little bit of a praise. It's been a year already. Yeah, he's killing it. From where he started a year ago to where he's at now with his KSL business. And it's, it's crazy to watch him excel, man. I'm happy He's about everywhere. It. He's everywhere. It's a good acquisition from El Show RSL. Alex Napolis, dude, thank you for your service, brother. Um, it's been it's been a pleasure and an honor working with the young crowd, and he's tearing it up, man. He's doing a good job. So he did a solo episode where he kind of uh, recapped the results and the trajectory, and even went over our predictions. And if we want to kind of start there, Josh, I'll start by saying that I actually went into this really optimistic. Uh, I said a two zero was my prediction for Real Salt Lake mm-hmm. versus LA Galaxy at home, especially with uh, Chicharito getting a red card and not being present. I thought that this was in the bag for Real Salt Lake, um, especially because uh, Klein just stepped away from LA Galaxy, and then also uh, they're just a horrible team. So I thought, right. I thought, yo, it's in the bag. It's a home game Wednesday. The weather's going to be nice. May not be a full 
crowd crowded stadium like it would be on a Saturday, but still a good turnout and um obviously the result went a different way. So I thought it was two oh. I was I wouldn't say sorely disappointed because you could kind of see something like this coming. Um it was hard to envision without Chicharito, and I actually am concerned because uh, now LA Galaxy actually wins when he's not playing. But Josh, um, what was your prediction going into this, dude? And and then what were your overall thoughts uh, of the match? We could do a quick re- a quick match recap. Yeah, coming into it, I was thinking, you know, a two-one win for RSL. Uh, then I see Chris Klein gets fired uh, immediately. My feelings change about the game. That turns it into an absolute trap game. Um, anytime a team makes a major shakeup, I feel like their next game is is much better, right? So that had me pretty concerned, but you know, it's still the LA Galaxy. They're still, you know, at the bottom of the table per se, uh, and technically a worse team than us, right? If you look at that roster, it's not a great roster. Um, so I still had some hope. Um, you know, right before halftime, those hopes. You know, go a little dim, right? We have plenty of chances in the first half. We play fairly well, but again, finishing bane of our existence. Um, they get a penalty is the right call. I would agree the officiating was troublesome at times, but the the PK was the right call. They go up one nil going into half. That's never a good thing. Um, then I felt like RSL came out in the second half flying. Right, we were all over the place. Um, seemed like we were on a mission. We we nicked two goals back pretty quickly um and and you would have to think oh you're at home you just went up to one this is this bodes well right but then out of nowhere we fall apart completely la puts two on us in quick succession as well within two minutes of each other yeah it was absolutely absurd um and we just don't have the firepower to claw back from that right so that's a it's this is a bad loss this is a bad loss at home uh, the 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 fortress known as the riot is not a fortress right now. It is a a flimsy little cardboard house. For I mean, it is not not what it should be, and and I think that's what concerns me the most. You know, getting beat at home by LAFC is one thing, but getting beat at home by LA Galaxy is, especially this LA Galaxy, is not not good. Yeah, that's not a good look. You're absolutely right. Um... Yeah, PK goes for favor of LA Galaxy. Gaston Brugman steps up, takes it. Uh, I, f- I felt like Beavers was going to get a palm on it. Like I just had that feeling like, hey, this yeah. could maybe be a block or a miss. And uh, Brugman just puts it. Well, he goes right and um, Brugman takes his right and then Beavers dove his right. His right. So, yeah. yeah, so it's a, obviously opposite directions. Easy goal there. But then, like you said... Um, you know, we come out swinging, and the first half I felt like it went in the favor of Real Salt Lake putting up a a good first half, having some opportunities, and stats will say that. We'll, we'll come back and look at the stats as a whole, but uh, Danny Musovsky, 51st minute, finds the back of the net header. Um, love that for him. I believe that's his second of the season, if I'm not mistaken. And then second goal. Play, maybe if he scored a couple goals. Um, but MLS and Open Cups all blending together on me right now, so I'm not going to give a confident answer. Okay, there. yeah, I th- yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, which I usually am. But yeah, Danny Musovsky, 51st minute goal, and and then it's, I wouldn't say shortly after, but on the 67th minute, Pablo Ruiz 
free kick. Uh, nearly gets the cobwebs on the uh, top left corner, mm-hmm. but just a beautifully placed free kick. Um, you can tell he's been waiting for that type of goal for a long time. I think the celebration said it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude nearly jumped into the stands. Um, everybody was going insane. Um, everybody tra- training on the opposite side where the family section is all run over there and, and they celebrate with Pablo Ruiz. Uh, good to see for him. But then, like you just mentioned, five minutes goes by and uh, Memo Rodriguez, dude, just unleashes with his right foot, bro. Just a right. smasher of a goal. One's up Ruiz's goal real quick. Like a goal of the week contender. For Absolutely. sure. Um, okay. Just blasts it, right? Um, mm-hmm. 72nd minute. And then before the believe, or excuse me, they wouldn't play the believe music. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm used to saying that. Before the believe music was done, the opposition scored. Uh, no. Before uh, LA Galaxy bench could probably stop celebrating. Uh, then enter Tyler Boyd. Um, is played a ball inside the box. Vera should have gotten a foot on it, at least a clearance. And Tyler's there just to literally just tap it into the box uh, past Beaver. So just a, a, a defensive conundrum, a, dis, a defensive mistake. Um, this game could have ended 2-2, but in Real Salt Lake fashion and in America first field fashion, which people are now deeming cursed since the, the name change, uh, we lose 3-2. Yep. And... Uh, let's just go over the overall stats of uh, just let's just see how these teams stacked up uh, versus the other. So um, the shots, this is where it's, it kind of gets a little concerning, a little bit shocking. So we have 20 shots to LA Galaxy's 10, meaning with half of the opportunities, LA Galaxy was able to tuck away three, even without um, one of the best strikers in MLS. Can we say that? Maybe not you this season. Okay, can we can say that. that. Yeah. One of the one of the best forwards, one of the strikers, not on the pitch. Uh, just out of ten opportunities, they knock three in. Shots on target, same thing. Uh, out of the twenty, we had eight. LA Galaxy, uh, four of their ten, dude, shots on target. So uh, three of those went in. They outpossessed us, fifty-four percent to our forty-six percent uh, passes. Four hundred and fifty-two passes to three seventy-five. If you're interested in that stat and uh, the fouls, I think this is kind of where it got a little ha- out of hand with the officiating uh, 13 fouls for LA galaxy and then 21 for rail salt Lake. So again, another, lot. yeah, another, another pro referee. Um, it, it's, it is what it is. I mean, that's just the league. I think that's, yeah, you get a team from LA and they're going to get the fouls. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it's always going to be. Um, eight corners for ourselves, four for Galaxy. So you would look at these stats and you would think that for the majority, you know, shots, especially shots on target, corners, and even the pass accuracy, like we we outperformed LA Galaxy, you would think the scoreline uh, would at least have ended in a tie or at least a win. I believe Real Salt Lake was the stronger side, but... Uh, soccer can often be a sport of luck and i think pablo would actually like that we're saying that because i think this is one of those games uh kind of how you just uh mentioned that there's a shakeup, the team comes out stronger starts pulling results i feel like real salt like went in that direction when 
Uh, we lost uh, Pecky, and then we had Freddie in. Like there's a, mm-hmm. just like a short spurts of energy, right? Like something to prove. Mm-hmm. And the Galaxy, dude, especially coming off of just absolutely being berated by their fandom, like their fans are literally having a go at them and talking to them after the match and saying that they deserve better and this team sucks and we deserve more. Uh, they had everything to prove. And I think that they are very fortunate to have uh, had the very next match with a Real Salt Lake that lacks the finishing, that lacks the uh, forward that we need, um, that maybe lacks the confidence to actually establish and pull a result at home. Really, really fortunate, really lucky for LA Galaxy. I agree. Um, it, it is a shame that RSL couldn't ride the good run of form. This is what concerns me, right? We're, we're coming to this with a good run of form. You have two results against Colorado, your rival. You beat Portland. You get a draw in Minnesota against a decent Minnesota side. So they should have had the confidence coming home. If if you don't have confidence coming home, I I don't know how you fix that, right? I don't know how much Ted Lasso, you know, Pablo can can put in there. Because at some point, like, that probably gets old to hear. I mean, it's great TV, but in real life, like, you got to figure it out, right? It can't always be, you know, just give it 110% and, and keep at it. So it, what really, really concerns me is just coming home. Again, this is the fourth match we've lost at home this year. It, that's ridiculous. It it can't happen, and I don't understand why it's happening, and I don't know what we can do to, to right that ship. Right, I I hesitate to to blame Pablo for any of this. Um, the substitutions were a little weird for me. It was all like for like I don't feel like there was any kind of adjustment made to get a win or even a draw. Um, but again, you know I don't even want to blame Elliot at this point. Like at this point, it's where's ownership, where's messaging from ownership, right? Summer transfer windows coming up. I don't think any fan has any confidence in this ownership group that they're going to give Elliot in the front office the the resources they need to improve this roster. There's no confidence from the fan base, right? Right now, all we're seeing is, and I appreciate all of the things they're doing around the stadium, but that stadium's going to be a little sparse if we're putting a product on the field that isn't entertaining and isn't winning. Yeah, absolutely agreed, man. Um, and and there are rumors starting to surface that. Uh, Real Salt Lake is just kind of seen as that, right? Like another club within the network of the David Blitzer group uh, or Dave Blitzer. I, I don't know exactly if it's Dave or David, but um, that is just kind of becoming another piece in the puzzle where it seems to maybe fall under more of how many teams can we acquire, but we're not really necessarily setting it up to have a championship quality team. Um, so we, we have missing pieces still. Uh, the money is yet to be spent. Um, but like you said, there's a whole lot of Ted Lasso vibes going on. But personally, man, I don't think that show is very good. And I'm going to get yeah, a lot man. of flack for that. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with you. Um, <laughs> you know, going to the spending thing, you know, they did spend money on Gomez, which is cool. They brought in Vera, which is cool, but you know we're already seeing rumors that Salvarino's out going to Italy, right? Those rumors are out there. He has his Italian passport, so it's probably going to happen. 
So, you know, you bring Gomez in, that's one piece, but we have Sovereigno potentially leaving, which puts us another step behind. So is this ownership group going to be willing to replace Sovereigno and get us that attacker we need, that striker we need? It it just doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't One could good. only hope. One could only hope. So well, we tweeted... Go ahead. Sorry, I'm going to keep going on my rant. And you mentioned something about the, the Blitzer group and, and all the teams he owns or whatever. Every time I see he's linked with another team, like he's linked with a hockey team now. Or no, he's linked with a... He's linked with another professional team on the East Coast, and Smith's linked with a hockey team. So obviously, they're not focused on Little All Rouse Hall Lake, right? And that's concerning, and I think that's what a lot of fans were concerned about when it was Blitzer that was announced. Will he pay attention to this little club in Salt Lake City, or is this just another member of the family? Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know what kind of analogy it is, but... I don't know. I also don't want to do like a distasteful analogy because I had one and I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Were but you going to be like the redheaded stepchild one? No, not even that. No, it just it's true, man. When you when you're acquiring and you know that these clubs or teams or whatever leagues are making money, it, it's 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 going to come down to the money. Right, it's going to come down to, hey, this is profitable. Can I acquire it? How much is this place making money? Oh, let's make it cooler. Let's let's paint it up a bit. Cool lights, new sound system. Um, Doesn't matter if they win or lose. It's just going to be fun. Right. Uh, So that's tough. And I just have to say something, dude. A lot of people are going to be upset when the inevitable happens and I support San Diego FC because I'm from there. I lived there. It's like deep rooted in me, like who I am. But when the ownership came out and they did their press conference with Don Garber, they were hell bent, dude. They're hell bent on. And maybe it's a big talk. Maybe it's a big game. Maybe it's just talking game, but they were talking about trophies and making San Diego a staple in MLS for champions. And he made it very clear the conversation was so set on championships, quality, and spending the money. And me having been at the announcement when Don Garber was here for Blitzer and uh, and Ryan Smith... The tone now that I think about it was it was kind of like a stark contrast to that. Mm-hmm. I never got that like I never heard that fire or that determination or flat out say we're gonna bring trophies to Real Salt Lake. They they said they wanted to bring trophies, but when asked if they were gonna spend more than Deloitte did, it wasn't a great answer, right? It, it wasn't a yes. You know, it was a, we'll get back to that later. We might kind of answer, right? I don't want to try to give it verbatim, but reflecting back on that, right. It was, it was very much a PR answer without saying yes. And also without saying no, but it's becoming clear that there was no interest from that point. Like, which is irritating. It's very irritating. Yeah. So it's hard, man. Will this be the quickest that a fan base turns on an ownership group? A year and a half in, they've turned. I mean, it, it could be right. Like you can't, 
you can't go in you can't go into anything um you can't go into anything and saying that you're gonna give it the love and the attention it deserves and then you're literally like really nowhere to be found and then you know ksl just like they do such a good job in reporting and it's like you don't hear any real like any real news or development plans coming out of like Ryan Smith for anything Real Salt Lake related. It's all like N- NHL, NHL stuff and MLB rumors. You know what I mean? And yep. I guess that could be great for the state, or maybe not if you're like me and you hate how expensive everything is already. Um, but yeah, like just that fire. Uh, it just I don't know. It just hasn't. It hasn't been there. It's been lacking, and uh, we, we said we said this before. It's 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 a tough time to support this team, and uh, I'm starting to see the people crack, dude, on Twitter. Like the people who wanted to be positive and just kind of like, hey, you know, it's vibes. We're gonna make it through this. Things will get better. When you're this deep into the season, I mean, we're in like week 15, bro. Week 16, like mm-hmm. we're we're a, a big majority into the season, and. Um, the cold hard fact is that we're sitting twelfth place, right? Two and two places down from last. Yeah, and you can you, talk there's no pride. Streak, but losing to the worst team at home just wipes all that out, right? It just wipes and, it all out. And there's no pride in this team to be had. I'm sorry. I yeah. I I'm appreciate. Honestly, I, I question some of the players' pride. Yeah, I appreciate the people holding through and playing the violins until the Titanic is submerged. A lot of respect there, but those people die too. (laughs) We all go down. We all die. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like you decide, right? You decide, man, are you going to freak out in the lifeboat or at least try to get on a lifeboat or what? Or are you going to play it cool? Because I'm pretty sure all those uh, violinists are in the bottom of the Atlantic. No disrespect. It's not too soon, is it? Okay. So it's been long enough. Yeah. So Real Salt Lake sitting in 12th place, just one step ahead of LA Galaxy. It's sad. Colorado. Colorado sitting dead last. That's always great. Yeah. But SKC just jumped in front of us, which they had the worst possible start to a season. And now they're ahead of us in points. Like that's a bad look. Vermees didn't even care about winning. They still are winning now. That's bad. They got Kinda back, as Alex points out. They get their star midfielder back, and they're just suddenly killing it, which, you know, good for them. Maybe it's what we get for making fun of them for so long, but... Dude, I can't believe Espinosa and Zussi are still playing, bro. Oh, dude. That that, that would be like if Beckerman was still out there. Beckerman and who? Grabavoy? Winger. Or Beltran. <laughs> yeah, they're just yeah. holding on, dude. Holding on. Just let it go, man. Hang up the boots, bro. Um, let's talk about who's sitting up top, man. Wow. Seattle Sounders, dude. First in the league, bro. Albert Rusnak, man. Good on Good him. Good for you. Good for he you. Made the dude. right decision. <laughs> we can't hate anymore. You know what I mean? I know. I'm over it. I know we've talked about it, but I'm completely over it. You just can't hate, bro. Like, good for you. Good for Freddie. Good for everybody. No, still no good for Freddie. St. Louis City sitting in second place. Uh, to be, ex- I, I mean, I wouldn't say to be expected, but with the start that they had, 
It's pretty good. And then you oh, and then you got LAFC sitting in third. And uh they're upset because Leon fans uh have been mean to them. Oh. And uh, Yep, they've been mean to them and some people were vocal about it on Twitter saying, you know, how vulgar the Mexican fans can be and how uh, not nice they can be. And a lot of people are just replying and saying, hey, you know what, LAFC fans, you guys suck too. Welcome right, like, to a, like, here's a taste of your own medicine. Right. It's like calling the kettle black, right? Like, yeah. It, whatever that old coffee analogy is. Yeah. Pot calling the kettle black. Is that what it is? I think so. I anyway, you're, you're basically complaining about your own behavior, but... You know, yeah. when, when it's yourself doing it, it's never as bad as when someone else does it to you. Yeah, it's weird, but man. It couldn't they, happen, couldn't happen get, to a nicer group of fans. Yeah, LAFC fans, it's weird, dude. It's like um, they came in the league with a chip on their shoulder, and it's like, why? Like, why are, you guys so, why are you guys so hostile? Like, you guys had like a decade of good soccer under the Galaxy, and... um. Like everything was cool. Like you don't need to come in and act like your area was just like so undeserved or or un, like misrepresented. Also, dude, the the whole that whole thing, like oh, I just like never felt like the Galaxy were part of LA. Like they're in Carson and blah blah blah. It's like if I if I was like a super fair weather fan, that's like the perfect excuse, right? Oh, well, right. they're in Carson. It's like, dude, they they have Los Angeles in their name, bro. And right. the reason that they weren't downtown is because maybe the city just had an issue with it. So right. when they started in 1995, they probably weren't interested in an MLS stadium downtown. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just, the, the, I think the whole, the whole fan base with the exception of a few and uh, you know, we'll leave our friend Brock out of this. It's kind of cringe, bro. It's like cringe. Yeah. You guys win your trophy. Carlos Vela is great. But I can't. I can't wait, dude. I, let's see what happens in like ten years to that club. Okay. Yeah, they're always going to be somewhat of a powerhouse. But I'm excited for their downtime, right? Like the time LA Galaxy are going through now. How are <laughs> yeah. they going to handle being last place? Because it won't be well. It won't They'll be riot. well at all. They'll riot. The whole city's just going to go up in flames. Um, FC Dallas sitting in fourth. Uh, we don't really care about them. San Jose sitting in fifth. Uh, by the way, Chris Wondolowski uh, highlights still coming out. He's playing in like a soccer street tournament or something. Yeah, so is Ramondo, dude. It actually looks pretty like dope. Yeah, it looks cool. I wish. I don't know where to watch it. I need to figure out where to watch it. But uh, it's a 7v7 tournament. There's a lot of teams apparently, but there's a million dollars on the line. So. There's a bunch of wow. ex-RSL players playing in it. Uh, Ramondo's playing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in it. Yeah, but it, it also makes you wonder, like, it's 7v7. Like, how hard is the defense actually? And uh, how serious are they taking it? But I think, like... Well, I think once you get closer to the end, it's going to get pretty feisty. Oh, yeah, dude. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, you're just playing the play. It's all retired. Then... Yeah. yeah, it's all retired guys, too. So, like they might have a chip on their shoulder, right? Like they never won MLS cup. So let's make this the next best thing. And I guess like seven split a million is like, they're each getting like 120 K or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're sure there's travel and subs, but 
Yeah. Some if some anything, some, some players are just like, yeah, whatever. You know, like they're good. And then you you know there's some players on that roster that are like, I need this. I need to get this bag. I need this to survive another ten years. Okay. Um Vancouver sixth, Minnesota seventh. Austin in eighth, which is our next opponent. Austin, by the way, just beat Minnesota yesterday. 2-1, yesterday meaning Wednesday. Uh, 2-1, and it looks like uh, Drusy got on the score sheet with a second goal. Uh, but this this team is... I don't know if I want to say it's evenly paired, but it is a team But they're that, beatable. They're beatable. Yeah, like it's a team that's beatable. It shouldn't be too much of a problem. Um, well, but I, it shouldn't be too much a problem if they were playing in Sandy. We are going to Austin, and that that makes Salty Josh say we're not getting a win out of this one. But I feel like when Real Salt Lake goes to Austin, like the results have never been super horrible, unless sure, my memory is like. Yeah, you also have to consider that we have Open Cup the following Wednesday against the Galaxy again, which at this point that's priority, right? You're in twelfth place. It is what it is. Let's let's get this open cup. We're we're very close now, so I, I could see us rotating pretty heavy for Austin. Yeah. Okay. Well, that matches on Saturday, but before we hop to that, uh we took to Twitter and we asked you guys what you guys thought of the Real Salt Lake uh, result versus the Galaxy. So let's just read it's a few nice of these. Salty, I imagine. Yeah, Flesra at Miles J. Allen says, we have a lack of midfield strength. Teams can easily pick us apart with a quick counter. Our finishing is beyond poor. Our subs come in too late to make a significant impact. We play so... Wow, lack of date. What? Lackadacial? Wow, dude. Lackadaisical. Wow, bro. Okay, way to... Come on, bro. I know he's got... um, He's got like that plug-in on Chrome, probably. The one that's like... Anyways, whatever, dude. We play so laxical... Blah, 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 teams. Laxadaisical. We play so laxadaisical. Teams can just wait for us to pass it to them and give them an open shot. Okay. I mean, I don't have arguments. No, he's right. I'm just upset that he threw some big ass word in there, dude. What are you doing, bro? Lackadaisical. You're, you're just mad you can't read, bro. Dude, my I actually excelled in English courses uh, in high school and some college. Yeah, that's and, been uh, 15 years. And, and I also, excuse me, excuse me, you're talking to the fifth grade spelling bee champ. Whoa. Um. Yeah, speaking to Mister Speak to Text because you don't know how to spell. That's who I'm speaking to. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say, dude? Laxadacial. <laughs> Laxadacial. What the hell kind of bro, Miles, dude? Okay, you got me, bro. Congrats. Okay, you got me. Thank On, you, Miles, uh, dude. I appreciated that. National radio. Yeah, that's the new thing, right? Puts big ass words in the in the tweets. Okay, laxadaisical. Okay, God, dude. I cannot believe, dude. Character wise, it's like that. That word is like twenty five characters. It's the whole alphabet. <laughs> okay, Riot Brigade. Um, he just writes. I don't think they like me. I don't. Oh, he thinks Real Salt Lake doesn't like him. Is that why? I what mean, do you think is like causing? What do you think 
is causing these results at home and RSL has lost its home advantage. <laughs> I don't think they like me. Probably. I like that. I've heard you guys on the South End, man. You guys are not nice. Uh, let's see. Alan says, I think RSL is cheeks, bro. The uh, the <laughs> listeners are getting younger and younger, dude. What is that? Listen, cheeks? Dude, I think RSL is cheeks. Speaking of young listeners, we spoke to some fans after the game, uh, interviewed them. We had a very young listener named Riley. I didn't get his age, but I'm going to assume 11. It was Riley and his dad, Josh. He had some hot takes, so hopefully Isaac can get the audio out of that. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> I was a little shocked to see some young kids, right? But I love it. Oh. I absolutely love it. So Riley? thank you, Riley. Yes, Riley, Riley and his dad, Josh. Riley and his dad, Josh. Riley and Josh, what's up, dudes? Thank you so much for listening, man. That is so cool, dude. I think that's the record for our youngest listener. Um, cool. He had another brother. I just didn't talk to the other brother. But what's up, other brother as well? Sorry I didn't catch your name, my guy. Riley, Josh, and other brother. Thank you, guys. That's you guys right. are great, man. You guys are awesome. Thanks for holding it down. And thank you for listening to the RSL show. Dude, we got to get like some stickers or something to hand out, you know? I agree. I'll work something on that. Something cool, like a voucher for a t-shirt or something. Um, actually, Riley, if you're listening to this, dude, send a DM to, uh, the RSL show on Instagram or Twitter. And, uh, obviously if you're, if do it through your dad's account, um, send us a message and we will, we'll actually mail you something out. Cool. I've got some, I got some RSL stuff for you and your other brother. We'll, we'll mail you guys some stuff. Okay. Uh, free man. Number one indicator that any team issues or coach issues is when the team plays to the level of the opposing team. Great coaches demand excellence regardless of the opponent. Mediocre coaches allow their team to vary the level of play. I like that answer. Yeah. I do like that answer. It, it's, it's a good one that I just don't have an argument for. So, yes, I appreciate it. Curtis Carter says, no big signings of top talent. Real has been cheap. Yeah, we'll see what the summer window brings, right? That's kind of what everyone's... That's going to be the key indicator of, of where we're going. If there's movement in the summer, the ownership cares. If not, then yeah. here we go. Thundercastle, just throwing some shade, saying the only logical conclusion is the name of the field. The new name is cursed. At least I imagine that's what the FO and Pablo tell themselves. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Could be. Um, Rednish. Uh, Rednishiki writer, Rednishiki writer, uh, Smith and Blitzer want to move the team to Phoenix, Las Vegas, or Orange County. That's actually interesting, but I don't think so, dude. At this pace, like no one, if Phoenix, no, Phoenix would just bring up Rising. Um, Las Vegas, they love the lights, but I could see Las Vegas selling out, but they would want like a team like LAFC, like they would want to. Like a Timbers esque, Orange County just too small, bro. It's not going to happen. Again, just like when the sale was going on, the the odds of RSL moving are extremely low. Yes, do not think the league would allow it. Logan, living la vida, Logan. He doubled down, dude. He wrote two tweets. Uh, he wrote clearly the advantage is gone. Every team playing RSL knows they just need to do two things: absorb pressure and be patient. That's actually smart. Yep, that's a good assessment. RSL doesn't have clinical fisher, uh, finishers. 
Ruiz goal being a rare exception. Yep. And we cough up counter-attacking goals. Yeah, Logan, I agree, dude. I love Pablo Ruiz to death, man. But that guy's like, he's talented in spurts, right? Yep. He's not like, uh, you know, he's not like a honey mukdar. He's not like a, uh, like a, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say he's like a, he's not like a Drusy. He's not like. He doesn't play that position really. I mean, he kind of does, but not in the same way. But uh, what I mean is, is in the context of like finishers, because it's. Yes. You know, we, we see him or we hold him as somebody who's going to be scoring goals, but it's like it's it doesn't happen consistently. And if it was happening consistently, there would be way more hype around the league, uh, even on the Spanish side around Ruiz, but it's so inconsistent. Um, well, and, and to that point, like this is where, you know, you're sitting in 12th place. This is where you consider changing your formation and playing with a 10 and really involving Luna. He's showing well. Change your formation. What's it going to hurt? Yeah. Change how you play. Honestly, it. what's it going to hurt? Yeah, at this point, get experimental. Uh, live in La Vida Logan. I don't love or I haven't loved Pablo. Don't like Elliot Fall. And I think we're lacking and honest. I'm sorry. And I think we're, lock, uh, I think we're lacking in strategy. Uh, but even with that said, the reality is we just haven't looked talented enough where it matters to compete. Fingers crossed for a second half of the season surge. By the way, that was really difficult to read because Logan was obviously typing that as he was driving. A lot of typos. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I. Where has, where has Elliot Fall been in all of this, dude? He's been particularly silent. Unless he's going on the radio and I've just been missing it. But I feel like uh, in comparison yeah, those- to like older seasons that was happening a lot more frequently. Maybe I'm missing him, but I feel I mean, like he's he is, kind he's of still been out the of the limelight. He's he's doing the radio, but it's you're not getting you're not getting anything out of it, right? You're getting the generic we're looking, you know, look things don't always go our way. You know, look, you can't always sign players when you want to. You know, it's got to be the right fit. That's all we're hearing over and over and over again. So like, he can go on the radio all he wants. Uh, but it's not it's it's not giving us any kind of information that is useful. Cody Eden says, "Well, my nuanced tactical opinion is that it's difficult to maintain a home field advantage when your players aren't good at soccer." <laughs> Cody, Cody, Shots Cody, fired. Cody, Shots nice fired. and salty. I enjoy it. Yep, Kelly Jackis or Kelly Jocks, Jacks, Kelly Jakes, Jackis. I think Pablo Mastroini and or the players are too attack-minded at home. They want to score goals in front of their family and fans, even when already ahead. This leaves leaves us defensively vulnerable. On the road, defense first. This is not on, or I'm sorry, this is on Pablo Mastroini for not shifting the mindset once ahead last night. So, yeah, um, that's a tough one. I think on some level Kelly is correct, but I just feel like our defense, our defense has just been lacking. And uh, I don't. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go throwback here, bro. I'm gonna go throwback for a minute. It's been a while, bro. It's been a while since we got rid of Aaron Herrera, and I'm not yep. gonna 
I'm not going to pin it on him and say that he was like the savior of the godsend of our defense, but I feel like there's been a drastic change in the experiment that the defensive back line is. I mean, obviously we have Justin Glad back there and we've got Marcelo Silva, but even that pair in the height of our defense, if you could even call it that, was still questionable. So when you add, when you add into the mix like Vera and a few other players, it's like, I mean, we, we saw it yesterday firsthand. Vera not clearing that ball is just, it's unexcusable. And so I know I'm going throwback here. Am I silly to go that far of a throwback or is there any validation in that statement? Um, I'm going to almost entirely disagree with you. Ooh, um, go ahead. I, I don't think the back four is the problem necessarily. Uh, I think they're getting overloaded from a lack of quality in front of them. Um, we don't have a solid defensive midfielder protecting them. Our wings, um, whether it's Chang, whether it's Gomez, whether it's Sava, don't always do the best defensively, which overloads our outside backs. So I would point at more of the issue being the defensive work rate in the midfield to help protect that back line and that goalkeeper. And then you can also say, you know, when you're not scoring goals consistently, when you're not putting the LA Galaxy away before they can even get that penalty like we should have, you're putting more pressure on that defense, which makes it look weaker when they do give up those goals. And I mean, you know, against the Galaxy, two of those goals nothing you can do about, right? The PK is unfortunate. Uh, Max, uh, Memo, Memo Rodriguez, yep. his goal is just oh yeah, worldy, right? Like that's not no a goal. That, that. Yeah. But but if you look, Ojeda is six feet away from him, right? Giving him all the space in the world. So really the only goal you can put on that back line is is their third goal. And if we don't give up those other two goals, we win we went two one, right? Or if we finish our opportunities in that first half when we were really knocking on the door, but instead we were just turning the ball over every time we got near the box, you know, it's a completely different conversation. So yes, I think Aaron Herrera being gone, like you said, is impacting us in ways. Um, but I think the bigger glaring issue are the things happening in front of our defense. Yeah, I also just felt like Aaron Herrera did. He was just always involved in moving right. the ball forward. He was a big the piece wing. offensively. Yep. Like he just he, he kind of checked all the boxes yeah. for me he was anyway. the Mr. Assist, dude. Mr. Assister, dude. Yeah. So you're going to side with Kelly Jacks on this, just ba- basically saying um, that they are heavily attack-minded, involving the midfield kind of leaving those pockets open and then the yep. the defense is suffering. Okay. So again, Kelly, again a, a change of formation I need to, I knew I'd like to see. But we also need a defensive midfielder to make that work. So yeah, Sorry. so Kelly, uh Josh just backed you up. Um but listen to this. I didn't even see this one. The next one, AK Swish seven. Uh he's got a few things to say. Krylock is a shell of himself. Outside backs are suspect and we have no offensive firepower. The front office needs to be held accountable. Trading Herrera was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, not pushing to sign a legitimate MLS striker for the past years. Terrible. I could go on and on. So my, I just, I feel validated. Thank you. AK Swish seven. I can't be the only one because although, uh, okay. I, I get your point, Josh. I, I totally get that. 
Yeah, and I'm but also I, agreeing with you that we do miss Aaron Herrera sorely. That that's, great was he was a great yeah. defender, um, confident with the ball, would take it up to the wings, whip that shit in, and 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 a lot of goals came obviously from crosses. But a lot uh, of those came from Demir, who is in fact a shell of himself at the moment, which pains me. Right? He sure, but again, it's you know he's you know Krylock has always. I mean, I feel like his goals are usually coming from an assist in the style that right. we just mentioned with Herrera. So or maybe it's a completely different conversation if he's getting service. So that's that's kind of what I'm saying too. Is yeah. um, maybe he's feeling like that lack of service uh, coming in. I, I don't think I wouldn't even put the pin on Crylock right now. Um, no, but it, it's apparent that he is not Crylock of three years ago. Yeah, but also it's like roster changes, new players. It's it's like yeah. we're 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 witnessing the team trying to recapture that chemistry, and it's just taking much longer um, than it should have. Which is unfortunate because I think we had we had pretty decent hopes kind of coming into the season. Well, Joshua, uh, yeah. we've covered pretty much. I don't know if I wouldn't say it's everything, but. There's always RSL. So, yep, there's always RSL news dropping, and we're going to Q2 Stadium against an Austin FC. I, I really just think it's a toss up. Um, you can't help but feel that or hope that Real Salt Lake is feeling the pressure and that they need to pull a result in Austin. But I just don't know where it's going to come from because. We just don't see that fire, do we? I mean, we saw it for a split second, but it was quickly extinguished when the worst team scores two goals in the matter of two minutes. One, an absolute banger, and then the second one that should have been stopped. Yep. It's hard to have confidence in this team. Uh, Sometimes it's fun to watch. Sometimes it's not. Uh, But if you guys are tuning in, Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We'll have all the highlights, all the real-time reactions. And that is it. We can only hope for three points. Real quick, predictions. Laptop's about to die, by the way, Josh. So let's make it fast. Um, I'm going to say the result. I I see a draw coming out of Austin. 2-2 RSL scoring within the last 10 minutes to uh, square it up. What's your prediction, dude? We're going to lose by two. I'm not sure how many we score, but however many we score, they're going to score two more. Got it. Very cool. Yep. Guys, uh, tune in to the RSL Show weekly episodes, um, and thank you guys so much for your support. We will see you on the next episode, and uh, have a great weekend. Also, if you guys, like I said, if you guys are watching, tune in with us. But if, uh, if you're not enjoying the soccer, go outside, get some fresh air. Uh, get away from the soccer. It's it's nice sometimes. All right. With that, we'll leave you guys. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys back next week. Talk to you later.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.